You might say Voice of America was in turmoil. Big disagreements between agency staff and the Trump administration meant people were on leaving, put on leave, or under investigation. A series of leaders had come and gone for several years. A day after the Biden administration started, it appointed Yolanda Lopez, who had been removed from her job as news director only weeks earlier, as acting VOA director. Since then, employee engagement scores rose 13 points from below average to above average. Now Lopez is a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. She joins me now in studio. Ms. Lopez, good to have you in. Thank you for having me. What is your current job now as as acting director? I mean, it sounds like you've got the agency in your arms. Maybe review what the agency does, the new role of VOA, and where it fits in the pantheon here. Um, So, yeah, I'm the acting director of the Voice of America. Voice of America broadcasts in 48 languages around the world. But uh, people used to know or talk about Voice of America as a radio broadcaster. We do radio, we did TV, and obviously we are present in all the digital platforms. And we are present in countries where there is no freedom of the press, usually in places in Africa, in Latin America, South Central Asia, East Asia. Our mission is very clear, and it was stated in its charter, signed back in 1976 by President Gerard Ford. BOA will serve as a consistently reliable and authoritative source of news. BOA News will be accurate, objective, and comprehensive. The charter itself protects the editorial independence and integrity of BOA programming. We have what it is called the firewall, which means that no one in the government can tell us what to do, what to say. So we are independent editorially. Right. And so I guess that came into question, and we won't go into the details there. But what happened when you were removed from your job as, I guess, a top editor there? And then you were kind of in limbo until the new administration came in? Well, I was the director of the news center that produces stories and content in English. And um, I just got removed from that position. And they put me as director of programming. And then one week later, I received a call that I was the acting director of Voice of America. Everything happened in a span of, what, maybe one week or eight days. I really, that, that is already in the past, so I really don't know really what, what happened or, or why. We can only guess. But um, the thing is that what I'm focused on is in the fact that the Kelucha, which is the acting CEO at USAGM, um, gave me this responsibility, this opportunity. Kelucha is a great leader, is a role model to me, and I couldn't say no to her. She told me if I could be the acting director, and we both thought that it was going to be just for a few months, really. Right, but now it's been, are. what, a year and a half or so? <laughs> a year and a half, yeah. Wow, and the scores are up, and you are a Sammy's finalist. When you became acting director, What is it you felt you had to do first to kind of put, as I call it, oil on the waters because there was a lot of staff uncertainty? Well, that is a great question because uh, the first thing that I try to do is to communicate internally. Most of my time, the first few months, uh, was dedicated to the workforce, to talk to them, to gain their trust. Also imagine everything happened when we were during a pandemic. We were working remotely. So imagine to have this situation, uh, to be the acting VOA director all of the sudden from home <laughs> and how to communicate with your staff. We have, like I said, 48 language services. That means that is the same amount of newsrooms that we have. Right. Uh, so, so it's pretty how, far flung. Uh, yeah, it, it is a lot of people on, in, in several languages. 
So the first thing that I had in my mind is we have to regain the trust. We have to tell everyone that everything is going to be okay, that we should start focusing again on the mission, that we are going to tell them everything that is going on. We are going to communicate what is our mission, what is it that we are doing. And this is basically what I did for the first few months. I met relentlessly with everyone. We had several town hall meetings. I still do a weekly message every single Thursday explaining what we are doing and what others are doing so everybody's aware of everybody's work. And this is basically what we did. There was a lot of mistrust and uncertainty. And again, and the pandemic didn't help and the fact that everybody was working remotely. So it is easier to start figuring out and thinking weird things or gossip or believe rumors. And so I tried sure. uh, to be very transparent, really, and just communicate what we were doing all the time. We're speaking with Yolanda Lopez. She's acting director of Voice of America and a finalist in this year's Service to America medals program. And do you feel that being a career employee yourself in the acting position maybe gave you credibility that the string of politicals that had been coming in and out of VOA and its parent agency for actually a number of years could not bring to it. Well, I think that was important because if you had to lead an agency remotely and as complicated as VOA is, for someone that is from the outside, I could say you can be great, you can be fantastic, but it's going to take some time. VOA is very complicated and complex. And our relationship that we have among ourselves, taking into account that we are both journalists and federal employees, which is kind of uh, contradictory, (laughs) it is difficult to grasp. So I think that, yes, it helped because I worked with the language services, I worked with the divisions, I knew what was going on, uh, I knew what was missing, I knew what had happened, and I think I knew what all the staffers and all the employees needed because it's what I needed when I was (laughs) in that position. So I tried to think... Well, you know, when they tell you, what would you change (laughs) in your agency if you had the power to do so? So I took that and I said, well, now I cannot say, oh, I don't have any power. I just go along. No, I I really had to act upon what I thought that had to be right. And besides the communication and the understanding that people should Mm -hmm. do what their jobs were supposed Mm -hmm. to be and Mm -hmm. fidelity to the mission, were there any operational or procedural or process changes that did need to be made? Well, we have made a lot of changes. Most of the changes came from the feedback and the input that we received from the employees. I continue to do so because they are the ones that really give the great ideas, right? One of them, by instance, is we realized that the people will come to VOA without understanding very well what the relationship was between VOA and USAGM, VOA and the fact that we are federal government. USAGM being the U.S. Agency for yes. Global Media, your exactly. parent My agency. parent company, right. exactly. A VOA's parent company. So that is the difficult to understand. So we then provided a two-week new employee orientation program that wasn't there before. And we just had like a two or three days orientation. This one lasts two weeks in which the new employee, whether it is a contractor PSC or a full-time employee, a federal employee, will get a grasp a little bit. It is impossible in two weeks, but it's still, you know, some That's training. That's no weeks, though. But yeah, some training and get to know where to go, you know, who the person in human resources is, who the person in IT is, who the person in contracts is. Where to uh, go if you need a new microphone cable. Exactly. <laughs> or, you know, the best practice um, editor, which is very important, and he provides, you know, a training on the firewall and, and understanding 
building, you know, this uh, sure. uh, relationship between being a journalist and a federal employee. So that is important, and that's something that we uh, come up with and has been very successful. So those kind of ideas, they come from the employees. They tell me, this is what we need, and we try to implement. Yeah, and the scores show it with respect to employee <laughs> engagement, because you did go to above average from below average in one year. So, you know, good for you on that. Well, we, are, we, we were always the last ones, and we were like, wow, <laughs> this is threatening. Also, I mean, we are talking here about the stuff that is, that we are journalists. We are really skeptical, cynical. It is very difficult to please us. And I understand that because I'm a journalist myself. So you cannot, and excuse me if I cannot say this, but you cannot BS journalists. <laughs> and also journalists are very used to help everyone um, powerful and people in power accountable. So they help me accountable as well. So I'm very mindful of that. This is the people that I have to lead. This is the people that I have to serve. And that's what I, the way uh, I see it. And again, I cannot BS them. If I say something, I better do it. And, you know, for most services provided by federal agencies, American citizens can avail themselves of these, whatever the agency might be, VA, Health and Human Services. Voice of America, if I'm correct, is proscribed from broadcasting within the United States. Exactly. So most people never really understand what other people outside the United States hear from VOA. Yes. Did you ever think maybe that's one of the hindrances to maybe greater understanding in Congress and so forth for That is for what a it great does. question. That is a great question because believe me, soon as I leave the country and I say that I work for BOA, we are treated like rock stars. Um, but in here, it's like, what? <laughs> what is that? You do radio? Wasn't that, you know, in the World War II with the Nazis? It's like, no, we do also digital. We are everywhere in all the platforms. It, yeah, it is a shame. I mean, obviously, people within the United States, they don't know the work that we do. But because our focus is international audience. And the good thing about Voice of America is that when we talk about our mission and when we broadcast the news, whatever platform, we do it in the language of the country, which it is better received uh, sure. that way, right? And again, when you go outside, I recently went to Uruguay, the UNESCO invited me, and I had the pleasure to meet with a lot of affiliates. They're the major affiliate uh, networks in Latin America. They really rely on VOA for news information that are accurate, objective, and uh, they really praise us. You go to Africa, uh, the same. Uh, you go to East Europe, you say Voice of America, they start telling you stories about how they used to listen to Voice of America or how now um, they are watching our newscast. It's just incredible. The amount of recognition that we have outside the United States is just fantastic. That is why sometimes, you know, it's great to go outside because you see the impact that you have because, yeah, in here, it is a constant, like, listen, believe me, we do have an impact. Sure. <laughs> People really know what Voice of America does. Because when I traveled overseas and said I'm host of the Federal Drive, nobody treated me like a rock star, so <laughs> clearly it's <laughs> not uh, known over there the way Voice of America is. And finally, your story. I mean, you are Spanish natively yes. from Spain. Yes. And so how did you get here and here? Oof, it is a very long story. Well, give um, us the short version. The short version is I came here to study English and then I got in love, you know, <laughs> with uh, Amen, which is still my husband, and also with this country. So I'm naturalized American as well. My kids uh, now also live here, so my entire family is American, and I feel very much American as well. But prior to working in Voice of America, I work out at Univision. I work in L.A., in Chicago, 
and then now I'm in Voice of America. But I have worked always in broadcasting, and most of the time and here in the United States in broadcasting. And even though I specialize at the beginning in the Latino community, and now I have a global audience, which is just fantastic. I'm so humbled, and it's the honor of a lifetime. All right. Well, we're glad you're here and glad to have you. Yolanda Lopez is acting director of Voice of America and a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Hello, I'm WIPA CEO Shane Canfield, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Lessons in Leadership. I'm honored to be joined by Angie Bailey, founder and CEO of Ananda Life. Angie has a remarkable career in public service beginning as a GS2 clerk typist with the Social Security Administration. And over the next 40 years, Angie steadily worked her way up through the government, ultimately becoming the Chief Human Capital Officer at the Department of Homeland Security. She's been recognized with presidential rank awards by two administrations for leadership, innovation, dedication, and commitment to the country. Angie, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Shane. What a pleasure to be here. Angie, you've made Quite a name for yourself as a leader in the federal workforce. Who was the first person you remember looking up to as a leader? And what about them inspired you? You I often think about this because, you know, sometimes we think of the people that we look up to the most as being somebody that throughout our career has, you know, been at the highest levels and all. But, you know, I've got to go back to honestly, whenever I was 10 years old. And uh, I remember I really wanted to play Little League baseball on a boys team. I was the only girl. And interestingly, it was the women who would keep saying to me that, no, I couldn't play. And then one day, whenever I was there to sign up yet again, uh, there was this guy, his name was Delbert Beiser. And uh, I remember he had like red hair and he had a wad of tobacco in his mouth and greasy overhauls and everything. And he said, you know, I'll take her, I'll take her on my team. And, you know, just looking back on that, there's so many leadership lessons and things that I just really admire about him. And actually, I thought about throughout my entire career, he took a chance on somebody he didn't know. He um, put aside whatever conscious or unconscious biases that he might have had about having a girl on a team. He treated me the same. Uh, Whether, you know, if I wasn't performing, I got benched just like the boys. I got no special treatment. and, and, And he was just really honest with me. And he just included me in everything. And so looking back on it, you know, really, it was Delbert Beiser, our local mechanic in our little small village that was I think my inspiration for going on to, I hope, become the leader, um, you know, that that I wanted to be. I'd say half of the guests on this podcast have had similar stories where they reach back to either childhood or young adulthood, and I and I think as leaders, it's really incumbent upon us to keep that in mind that that what we say and do. especially in the younger ages, really can have a lifelong impact. How would you describe your leadership style and how has that developed over time? I would say that the one word that describes my leadership style is that I care. Um, I guess that's more than one word, but I care. Uh, I've always cared about the mission. I've always cared about the people. I've always cared, you know, about making sure that that they had what they needed or that they were developing the way, uh, you know, that they aspired to develop. And I tried to take this approach of not treating people the way I wanted to be treated, but instead treat people the way they wanted, they want to be treated. And I think that that really kind of developed over my career. You know, I started out just like most 
leaders do where it's very results driven. It's all about the bottom line. You need to make sure that you get everything accomplished because, you know, that's what everybody's looking for, the goals, the metrics, et cetera. But I think as you mature and you go along, you start to, to your point, you draw back on those early childhood days or early adult young, you know, whenever you're a young adult and you say, you know, I think that there's a little bit more to this than just the bottom line. And so over time, I really began to, I, I think, see a much bigger picture and the entire ecosystem, if you will, and how the people themselves fit into all of this. And that ultimately at the end of the day, it was all about the people. And so I, you know, I think my, my maturity allowed me to then shift and focus more on the people than, than so much on results and bottom line. You've been recognized with two presidential rank awards two different administrations. You founded your own company. Tell us a little bit more about your background from the beginning and and how did that lead you to where you are today? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting, like you said, that I started out as a GS2, a social security administration. I mean, what I really wanted to be was a criminal prosecuting attorney. That was absolutely my dream. I sometimes joke and say what I really wanted to be was a mafia don, but that wasn't going to work out. So, you know, had to be a criminal prosecuting attorney. But, you know, I had to get a job to pay for college. I, you know, it wasn't in the cards that I was going to be able to go to college without a job. So I applied at the social Security Administration, or I'm sorry, at the unemployment office, and lo and behold, I got a job at Social Security. I didn't even know it was federal, to be honest. Uh, from there, I went to the Department of Defense, and I found this, this career field called labor and employee relations. And honestly, it was as close as I was going to get to being a criminal prosecuting attorney. I didn't go on to be a, a criminal prosecuting attorney, but I went on courtesy of Department of Defense to get both my bachelor's and my master's in leadership, because the whole study of leadership, I just find incredibly fascinating. Um, you know, from hi- historical to current uh, current times, I just, it's just something that's just really fascinated me. And so I just, I would say I'm a lifelong learner of leadership. And then I would say some of the other things that got me maybe where I am today is I never really said no to anything. If people asked me to take on a new challenge, even if I wasn't sure I was going to be successful at it, I would say, you know what, not sure this is going to work out, but more than happy to give it a try. And it always worked out. But I think giving things a try and just not saying no to opportunities is what really led from one position to the next. I feel like I was always rewarded for just stepping in or stepping up and taking on the challenges that sometimes no one else wanted to do. Angie, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Shane. It's such a pleasure. I I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Thank you. This has been the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm CEO of WEPA, Shane Canfield. Looking forward to talking to you next time. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.